0: friends, I'm Tori. Welcome to Walk With Me. Walk With Me is a place where real women share real stories of real struggles and joys as they walk together along this rocky road we call life. Today on the podcast, we have Jules McGrew. So Jules, um, today we're gonna talk about the imperfect art of marriage. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family,
1: your God story, really anything you think we might like to know about you. I'm from New York originally. Um, I met a really handsome Marine there. Okay. Um, How did you meet him? Blind date. Oh, weird. Blind date. You don't hear that very often. No. Yeah. Um, he worked with uh, this Marine, and I had hired the Marine's spouse at the restaurant I was managing at the okay. time. And she's like, I got the perfect guy for you. And wow. I'm like, I am not interested in a Marine. And huh. then uh Then you met. became interested yeah. in a Marine. Yeah, and then, well, she called me to her house. He got Nate to the house, and okay. that was it. And five oh. months later, we got married. Oh, that was quick. That was quick, but it's... It's militaries. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, How long ago was that? 11 years ago. 11 years ago. That's exciting. Yeah. And then we were in New York for two years, and then he got transferred to North Carolina, Cherry Point, okay. um, New Bern area, and we lived there for three years, and then moved here almost five years ago.
0: Okay. So Iowa is different than North Carolina or New York. Very. Uh-huh.
1: Very do you, different. Do you like it? It's yeah, I mean, every place has its good parts, bad parts, charm, uh-huh. um, but really it's what you make home. Yeah, it's true. home. But. It's true. Yeah, and um, so we have two children. Um, Briley Cade is 10, and she's in fourth grade, and then Miles is five, and he is in pre K at West Marshall. Ah, so you're newly a little bit more free during the day. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it is really nice. <laughs> Very definitely, good. definitely. Um, Very good. I'm in the culinary um, aspect of work, and then on the off season, I, I work for the Harvester Golf Club. Okay. And on the off seasons, I'm a seamstress and meal prepper and oh. baker and pie lady. And I didn't know that about that you. Stuff. The seamstress part.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that helps us get to know you a little better. So, the reason I asked you to interview is because I saw a really powerful post that you put on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a picture of you and um, what's your husband's name? Nathan. Nathan. And you had captioned it. Um, you know what I love most about this picture? We weren't happy. We we're in a really rough time in our marriage. Um, do you want to just tell us a little more? There's more to that caption, but tell us,
1: tell us about that. Yeah. Um, what is the picture? The picture is us under a boardwalk. Okay. Um, side by side. And we were in between taking pictures. Okay. Um, I think she was like gearing up to take my daughter's picture. At that time she was three. Okay. Maybe two and a half, three. And, um... She had just captured us perfectly. You know, we weren't smiling. Did you not know she was taking it? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. you guys look like you were knew. posing yeah. for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, we laughed when we saw it because, you know, he has his military hands. Yeah. How he would be holding his hands if the national anthem was on. Oh, wow. So it was a very serious pose he was in. Yeah. Um, and then I look at my hand and he's he's holding it really tight. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of symbolized what we were going through at that time. Huh. Um, which was... Yeah, and, tell us about I, that. I put in there, like, um, we have a really long story of infertility, and that was going on heavily at that time. He w- just got his deployment date, um, which was a Mew, which um, he he was uh, in the power line MOS for the Marine Corps for the C-130 aircraft. And so... Um, they go along with MUSE a lot, which is with the Navy ships. And so I knew he wasn't going to be What's in a... What's MUSE stand for? Um, Military Emergency Unit. Okay. So okay. the, the whole goal to those is to stop inhumane actions. Oh. And the C-130 aircraft is a cargo aircraft. And okay. And so you bring weapons on those or, yeah. um, Humvees or yeah. stuff like that. So, wow. um, they were headed, uh, they went to Spain, um... They camped out in Jordan for a really long time. Mm. Um, they were in Djibouti, Africa. They were just really, I mean, at that time, of course, we didn't know it, but it was 2012, mm-hmm. staking out Syria. Oh, wow. And waiting for, um, for stuff to happen. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that it was going to be a really stressful deployment for him. So just getting that date and preparing for that and then... And, in the same week we learned my mother in law had stage four inflammatory breast cancer. And so she's she's here in Iowa and we were in North Carolina and so just making um making plans for that to for Nathan to be connected with the Red Cross just in case right. something happened and making sure we got here to Iowa before he deployed and How long was he gone on those? Like when he was deployed? Ten months. Ten months. So normally, um, the Marine Corps is gone for six month deployments, and this okay. ended up being a longer one just okay. because stuff yeah. was going on. So um, yeah, and then right before he deployed, I had occipital um, nerve damage where they thought I had brain tumor, but I didn't. It was medical depression going up my spine into my scalp, and the weirdest. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. Um, I couldn't speak properly. I couldn't walk properly. I couldn't see. And this was
0: during this same time yeah. as all this. Like he was going to be deployed, and you were in that. State. Yeah. And oh, his mom was scary. sick. Oh you know? my! And
1: so it was. It was a lot going on, and you know he he's very strong, and he's a jokester, so uh-huh. you never know that he's under stress Struggle. or uh-huh. you know scared. Uh huh. Nathan will never it's say he's scared. Hard to see your husband scared. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's like, I'm getting ready to leave, and I have a three-year-old, and my wife isn't healthy, and my mom's not healthy, and so it, it was a scary time, and through that, you know, you you react differently, and uh-huh. what I didn't know is at that point, um, we had lost five babies, and oh my. Um, and then getting that diagnosis was, was weird and crazy, and trying to mentally think about all those things... Um, it was hard, and knowing I was like he was going to be gone, and I had to make myself healthy. Right. Also, being a full time manager at a restaurant and having a three year old and right, just yeah, it was it was a rough time. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a rough time. So, but wow, we're
0: on the flip side. But so you it's said easy you also weren't in a very good place in your marriage. Was that just because yeah. of all the
1: stress? All the stress. Yeah. And I actually talked about it in group this week. Um, You know the path you need to go on through suffering to get the joy. Mm -hmm. And I I think often so many times that I wanted to give up being purified in the fire um, and going the easy route through sin to get out of the pain, uh, whether it would be failing my marriage, um, doing something to make my marriage fail in a Uh sinful manner, Uh um, running away, thought about that a lot. Yeah. Um I couldn't give my husband what he wanted, uh-huh. you know, another child. Yeah. There's a lot of stress there, a lot of um insecurities that I built up in my head mm-hmm. that was the cause of my husband's grief mm-hmm. or um sadness and then there you know, and with that I really put up my blockers and mm-hmm. distanced him away. And Yeah, you build a wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I can distance myself, I can't hurt him, mm. which is such a lie. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so there was a lot of that. And I clung to my church. I clung to my friends mm. and kind of left him mm. to deal with his stuff by, by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had the Marine Corps, but... He didn't have the Christian Council yeah. that I went off to seek, and yeah. so that
0: is that, he a believer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, did he say anything about that? Did he tell you like I feel neglected by you? No.
1: Oh, he didn't say anything. He never says anything. Huh. So it's um, so th- one time that sticks out is I uh, we had been trying again for nineteen months after. My daughter was a twin, but we didn't know that until her C-section. So that's a whole nother story. But uh, we had tried 19 months after to try to get pregnant again, and we did. And um, it was with an ectopic. Oh, my. Um, and that was at nine weeks. We caught that, and I was extremely ill, not realizing. Right, right. That it was that. It's about to explode. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all I'm seeing on the ultrasound is a heartbeat. You know, I'm not understanding my 24-year-old mind couldn't understand what was going on at that moment. Yeah. That um, they were going to have to remove the baby along with my tube. Yeah. And at that moment they said, um, you know, we have to remove your other side too, because there's a, an extreme mass on that side. And I just was like, that's it. I can't ever have children again. I'm going into this surgery and I'll never be able to have children ever again. And... um it was, it was a hard, hard just slap in the face. I didn't know how to deal with it. And um, they got me all ready for the surgery. And uh-huh. I jumped off the bed and ran down the hallway <gasps> trying to escape it. And oh, my. And Nate's just standing there in the hallway like, I don't know what to do. Like, trying to get the nurses and doctors. They didn't and- give you any counseling beforehand? Yeah, that's not good. No. Uh-huh. No. And the... That doctor didn't have the best bedside manner, Mm -hmm. but in the end of it, when I went for my um, post op, I was so thankful for him because he's one of the best doctors um, in, in the, we were still in New York at that time. And so um, what had happened was I, they found so much endometriosis. And Uh, so when they removed Uh baby B during the C-section, it left so much scar tissue because it. That baby B was an ovarian ectopic, oh. so it had left and attached itself to, to a right ovary. ovary. Right. Yeah, and so when they removed that, it just left a feeding ground for endometriosis, which I didn't know I had. Wow, did do you um, not have pain? Because a lot of oh, I always had pain. Oh, you just thought it was normal. No, like I was medicated oh. from fourteen
0: years. So that's and a on. very missed diagnosis. Very missed. Yeah, very I missed. I have a good friend with that struggles with that.
1: Yeah. And so this actually ties into a lot of our struggle too. Um, before that, I just I would just get so mad and angry over the littlest things mm-hmm. and act out in rage and just scream at him and put up barriers mm-hmm. and not realizing why I was doing that. Yeah. Because in my mind, I was a sound person. Huh. But you just felt like you had a bad temper. Oh, I definitely okay. had a bad temper, and he would just take it. You know, and he's like, I'm a Marine. I'm used to people screaming at me. Let's talk about this now. He always has said that. Don't talk at me. Talk to me. Okay. And and that would calm me down and get me in the moment. So after I got uh, the post-op of, they left, okay, I'm rambling, but they left the right ovary. Yeah, because you had another child. Yeah. Okay. Which is... A crazy story. So they left the right ovary. But they left the right ovary. Um, they just removed all the scar tissue and started treating me for endometriosis. And when I got that diagnosis, it you know, they give you a pamphlet on it. And yeah. the number one of the number one th- um, things is rage. And I, I said to the doctor, why is it rage? And he's like, because your body is in so much pain and yeah. it doesn't know how to express itself. Yeah. Wow. But you're so used to that pain because you've lived with it for so long.
0: Yeah that you don't know that's an expression. You don't know
1: that that's. Wow, that's really unusual. You yeah. would never tie that together. No. So I'm just like, "Oh my gosh." And it was just so freeing to have that diagnosis and then I went home and he was um he was home and I gave him that sheet and I I couldn't like I couldn't even talk. I just was like, "You need to read this cuz I'm going to I'm going to cry, you know." Uh-huh. And he got down on his knees, I'm still standing, and he got down on his knees, and he said, "I knew it wasn't you." Oh wow! And I was He's just showing like,
0: you "Oh, Jesus!
1: Gosh, yeah, yeah, sweetness of Jesus, yeah." Because you just you just think you're an awful person for right. treating someone that way. Right. He could see it was the sin living in you. You know. Yeah. He could separate that. Yeah, and he did, and he does. Wow. And it's, yeah, huh? So. A lot of it is he just doesn't know how to express himself yeah. through yeah. it. And then the week later was the Marine Corps ball. And, um, you know, the Marines, they drink a lot there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it got to the point where, um, you know, he didn't really drink like that. Mm-hmm. And going through that, I was like, I just need to go up to our bedroom because it was in a hotel. And mm-hmm. and that's how he expressed himself was turning and drinking about it. Hmm. And... Um, that night got really bad, and the next morning, my dad had a good talk with him.
0: Huh. So this was after you had had your surgery?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so he's, and then he's like, no, you're right. I can't, I can't self-medicate that way through this. We need to yeah, just move on. And that was his way of... Oh, move past it. Don't move work Move past through it. it. Yeah. We'll get so through. how did you, uh, that was
0: one of my... Questions: How did you navigate? How did you get through that really really tough
1: period? Um, our church, okay. <laughs> I um, at, at the same surgery because there's been a lot, but that that specific time, I woke up to uh, four women in my hospital room um, that were from my church, and I had only been going to that Bible study maybe two months. Wow! And they were there. And they didn't let me fail. Huh. And they didn't let me fall from my faith. The community of believers
0: is really powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And these were women that were elder to me. Mm -hmm. And they had walked this journey. Yeah. You know, a lot of them had infertility issues, and they knew what I was going through. And that was huge. Huh. Huge. And then Nathan got involved with um, some of the husbands. Huh. Yeah. So they came alongside
0: you and said, we're, we're going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the body of Christ is used as an analogy so much in mm-hmm. the Bible, because it's crucial that we function together as a body. Absolutely. For the health of each member. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you couldn't have done it, probably either just you or you two probably mm-hmm. couldn't have pulled yourself out of that bad spot. But with the help of other believers, absolutely, you're able to get to a better place. Yeah. And so was your daughter, she wasn't really old enough to know that things no. weren't
1: really good. Yeah. Which is but, really pretty good. That's that's a good thing. That, that is too a good young. thing. Mm-hmm. But she's also Briley, and she is very just intuitive, and she gets her surroundings, I mm-hmm. guess is mm-hmm. the best way to say it. But while Nate was deployed, and I did, I got really healthy while he was deployed. Um, I have um, insulin resistance. Insulin. Insulin resistant. So uh, going through the diabetic motions and all that good stuff and got everything really on track um, while he was deployed. And also Briley would just, at this time she was three and a half, and uh-huh. she would just sit and pray. And wow. afterwards I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm, I'm praying for a brother and sister, and I know God answers children's prayers. And I would just go in my room and just cry like, wow. God, don't do <laughs> Like, I, I don't know what your plan is, but yeah. oh gosh. And it was rough. Um, and yeah, and then Nathan came home and three months or three weeks after he was home, uh, she started rubbing my belly and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, there's a baby in there. Oh my. And I'm like, no, there's not. And Nathan's like, bad, no way. There's no way. Because one thing is when a spouse comes home from deployment, they're not the same person. Yeah. I've heard that. And it takes yeah those adjustment periods to get you back on uh-huh. the same page. Yeah. And so we were definitely fresh in yeah. the him coming yeah. home and so it was a rough time once again. Yeah. You know, it was transition no. all over again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And sure enough, I was pregnant. Wow. And at that point, we had learned a lot of my history and what medications I needed to be on to um, keep the baby safe yeah. and inside. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then, you know, they do the ultrasound and they, you know, the baby definitely came from the left side. And we're like, that's not possible. There's no tube. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, that's where your gest- gestational cyst is. And they go, but there's no tube. And I'm like, there's no tube. And mm-hmm. so at this point they go, but your right ovary is completely black, and I'm like, yeah, we we know it's not functioning, yeah. you know. And so um, being in Eastern Carolina, they just had so many residents come during uh-huh. my appointments yeah. to figure out like if this fetus happened. was going to grow, how oh. it happened, if it's going to be healthy, yeah. Um, because I didn't, I didn't have any medication to get me pregnant. Oh wow! So it's just like yeah. miraculous. Such a weird. Thing and then we got Crazy Miles yeah. who's just full of energy and um yeah, just a, a miracle. True gift. Yeah. Wow. And then it's weird, like you don't forget the past, but the past becomes bearable. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? When you get the good things. Like when Miles. you get the good things, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Or getting to that point in your marriage where you can breathe again. Huh. And satisfy each other in a godly manner that yeah. was always meant to be, huh and this backtracks to me saying, we n- got married after five months. Yeah, we only knew the good about each other, yeah, right. And then three months after that, we got pregnant with Briley. yeah, and it was like game on, huh. you know, and we had to grow up really quickly, right you know right was, And so, you didn't know about all your the health things then, and so that yeah, all so that right
0: adds stress. Yeah. You know, and I always am really amazed, if people don't have faith in Jesus, how they can even make it through some of that stuff. Oh my gosh, stuff. I say that all the time. Yeah, because I don't have any power in myself to have hope. Absolutely. So, you know, you said on your, your caption, Nate doesn't allow me to give up on anything. Mm-mm. So explain that to us. How does he do that practically? Like, if you're really struggling, ah. you do want to say, like, I just feel horrible. And I kind of want to be a victim.
1: You know, what would what oh, you yeah. say? Um, he is a big jokester. Hmm. Like, I can get really deep. And then, and in what we were talking about today, grumbling. Uh-huh. And, yeah, being that victim in, in situations. And it could just easily be him saying, I had a goldfish once. And then he lightens <laughs> it. You know, because yeah. it, it doesn't matter. That's um, not going to get me closer to God. Huh. He kind of, he puts things in perspective for you? Always. Huh. Always. And he listens. Yeah. And then he'll say, are you done? Huh. You know, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times he has risen his voice at me. Hmm. You know, he's just very, he balances me out. Yeah. So well. And at times when I I don't feel worthy of him, I feel like I just want to break. He just comes home with a bag of Doritos because huh. he knows I love Doritos. Wow. Like, it's just, it's it's really cool to see how God has worked in my marriage. Huh.
0: So you think, you know, you say, like, that's so telling, like, I don't feel worthy of him. You say that now. But there were, obviously, it sounded like there was a time where you felt like, oh, I want to be done with this. I want to mm-hmm. throw in the towel. I want to run away. Yeah. So why, and you kind of said this about once you get through it, you know, the past, things kind of pale but why did you persevere why didn't you just say it would be way easier not to be married
1: well uh just the women that were in my life at that moment
0: um they told you true things
1: yeah constant truth and a lot of my issues come from my past um my mom you know breaking my learned behavior uh and my mom divorced my dad Mm -hmm. and remarried and just seeing that unfold. Oh, and you didn't want that? You didn't want that same thing to replay? I think, right. I think there's situations where you can't do anything about a divorce. Of course. And there's certain situations where you really have to put more effort to make it work. There Uh was three girls she had Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she did what she felt she needed to do at that moment. Uh to protect her girls and I get that but there's a lot of brokenness there because you already had your out you know you can have an out again oh wow and just growing up and seeing them fight and my mom throughout the divorce word a lot um yeah that's scary for kids it is scary for Mm -hmm. kids because it gives you a sense of instability but I think and I brought, but I brought in that into my marriage mm-hmm. because I, that's how I. Yeah, you learned. Seen my mom. Yeah, argue yeah. through her situations. Right, right. And so I think that was one thing that I had a lot of Christian counsel with that you need to fight against those learned behaviors huh. because that isn't what God wants for you. Right. You know, your marriage is going to be beautiful. Is what one of my friends um, kept telling me. Wow. And just that alone. Yeah, kept me going and knowing. And another thing too is knowing Nate's character. Mm-hmm. You have to choose to believe the best in your husband, yeah. even when it sometimes
0: doesn't feel like they're mm-hmm. doing the best thing. Oh yeah. Because if you believe wrongly
1: in them, then everything they say or do will be irritating or wrong. Absolutely. And there, there was an incident last summer where I really questioned his character, mm-hmm. and brought up sinful nature to him, and mm-hmm. we had to work through that, and, um, but yeah, and, but at the end of the day, I knew that that wasn't his character. Yeah, you know him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the same goes for God. Yeah. We want to make him into our best friend. Yeah. But that's not his character. He's
0: bigger than that, right.
1: <laughs> He's way bigger than
0: that, and, yeah, Yeah, and if we believe the best about God, then we'll believe the best about our situation, even though it's really hard and hurtful and you have to have surgery and you can't get pregnant. You know? Yeah. Those are the things. So how have you seen, this reminds me of God's grace, you know, how have you seen that evident now in your marriage since that picture? You know, since the time where everything was hard and you were just kind of holding on for dear life.
1: Yeah. How has God's grace been evident since then? Oh, goodness. In so many different ways. Definitely through my children. Um, you know, you want something so badly and right. then it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, And whoa. then you feel just so undeserving? So undeserving. Uh-huh. Because it would be a shame of me to not remember the times I had doubt in God that he couldn't give me the desire in my heart. Mm. When I knew that the desire in my heart would be to honor him. hmm You know, to build warriors for him. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah. That was amazing. Huh. Um, yeah. After that picture, we got pregnant another time. And we were on vacation to Myrtle Beach. Friends from Iowa had come with us. Uh-huh. And they the guys went golfing. And I just knew I had to go to the hospital. And wow. at that time, I was 12 weeks pregnant. And um, just, I'm like, Nate, you got to come. And having the ultrasound and her try to find a heartbeat um and it wasn't there. Oh my. And That's shocking. Yeah. It was that one hit me hard because I really thought that was the time. That was yeah. Yeah. this was gonna this was gonna be good. And um <laughs> but it, it it wasn't and I felt guilty for calling him off of something off the golf course with his best friend to disappoint him oh. like I just kept feeling I was disappointing him huh and he said to me I think my prayers are disappointing you huh. and when this is meant to be it will be and if it's never meant to be then that will be huh you know if it's just Briley we're meant to have yeah that's okay huh and just me thinking I need to fulfill my husband's desires mm-hmm. as well hmm but that not being true, that was a lie I was telling so myself. You were telling
0: yourself about what he actually wanted. Right. And that yeah. was really good for him to speak those words out loud Yeah, This is okay. We're going to be okay. If mm-hmm. nothing else happens, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's very good. We need to believe what's true and not what we think or what we feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't be, you know, Romans two, 12, 2 says... Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Not by the way that the world says to do it, but by right. the way that we've been transformed by the word of God.
1: Yeah. And it, it wasn't fair that I was speaking for his emotions. Mm. Yeah. 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 That, that was a big thing I had to learn, too. Hmm.
0: So... um, you know, you and I are studying the Philippians right now in precept, and um, t- Paul talks about suffering, which you alluded to, um, and how we should expect that. And you've had a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, how has God refined you through your suffering? What do you know now that you didn't know, let's say, when you first got married, or when you hadn't had any miscarriages? What do you know now, and how, and can you minister more effectively to people in those spots? Oh,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, to ministering to people in those situations. But knowing that every situation is different. Of course. I think that's the big difference between me at 22 and me at 33, Hmm. is um, not trying to make my own understanding of a situation I don't understand. Hmm. And um, the day I I came to Christ, I was 14 years old in a hospital with my sister's sister-in-law losing a 20 week. Oh, wow. And I was sitting there with such strong believers and uh-huh. I just didn't know what to do but pray out loud with- So you were just there to support her? Yeah. But there was other believers yeah. there Yeah, well, we her. were, we okay. were, it's so, God is so good. We were at church Okay. and um, it wasn't my mother's church. My, my mother was um, a youth minister, Methodist youth minister down the street. And I just felt like I needed to go to a denominational church. So I would go to her Sunday school, walk up the street, Mm -hmm. New York Street. So I would get a bagel and then go into church Uh and sit with my sister's in-laws. Okay. And there was just fear and just, uh, I just knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And they go, we're leaving now. We need to go to the hospital. Wow. So I had my Bible with me and um, really in, in my coat. Yep. That's You know, and we went to the hospital, and there was three women in the waiting room, which one of them was my sister's mother-in-law, and I just started praying out loud. I didn't know what else to do, and uh-huh. I knew that it was going to be bad, uh-huh. that the chances of a 20-week um, baby surviving exactly. is not good. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so um, my sister's mother-in-law, she goes, Julie, are you saved? hmm Wow, she was asked that. She just, oh, well, she's, yeah. she's right there on uh-huh. it. And I'm like, I, I think, like, I, I know I go Jesus. To church. I go to church. Uh-huh. Such, like, the Methodist yeah. response yeah. to it. And yeah. she's like, no, baby girl, are you saved? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's right. like, you're going to read Acts 2 out loud. Oh, wow. And I did. And at that moment, I was saved. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Huh, to think that that was how God was going to use my story yeah, is insane. It is. And seeing how, um, at that time, how my sister's sister-in-law went through those struggles mm-hmm. um, kind of set the pavement of what I was going to mm-hmm. go through. Wow. Yeah. And, oh, gosh. Yeah, you were saved while she was losing a, yeah. a baby. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Hmm. So to have that foundation and... Going through what I went through, it's allowed me to minister, mm-hmm. and I—I um, I feel weird saying minister, but just being the person to hold your hand. Totally. Because a lot of times people don't know what to say to you right. in those
0: situation. Right. Right, and it's better probably just to hold the hand, yeah. you know, rather than say something trite like, "Oh, it'll all be good in the end," or you oh, know, that just gosh, doesn't yeah. help. That's what people, wanna say. Yeah. That's what people I, want to say. That's what people want to say—the right thing. You but know. oftentimes it's the wrong thing.
1: Yeah. So. And I had um, a lady come up to me and she she knew my story. Um, she was in my Bible study and she didn't really speak a lot. Mm-hmm. She was just somebody that was always attending. Yeah. And she just looked at me and she goes, this sucks.
0: Yeah. Sometimes like, that's all you want to hear.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. This does. Yeah. And she gave me that confidence to say that out loud. Yeah. Good. You know? Yeah. We need to
0: do that for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yes, we do need to be trusting in the promises of God, but we also need to relate to each other that, oh, wow, life's hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. And
0: Absolutely. I'm right there with you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I think suffering brings solidarity with mm-hmm. others. I think it also brings humility. Yeah. You're not in control. Yeah. And I think it brings almost a fear and a reverence. We talked a little bit about this in Philippians this morning for God. He's yeah. bigger than us and he's going to do as he pleases and um we're his children and we can help him but yeah, he's in control. Yeah. So,
1: and just really respecting and looking forward to the outcome hmm. through the suffering. Oh, wow. Expecting and looking forward. Yeah, that's hard to say, but yeah. yeah. But sure. like James talks about that, like yeah. having the joy yeah. while suffering while you're in it. Yeah. Huh, knowing that there will be joy. Yeah. So back to marriage, tell, tell me how you
0: describe your marriage today. Like, what would it be fun? Fun.
1: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I said to Nate, I go, there's really no more stressors. Wow. We're here, yeah. this was the end goal. You always wanted to live in Iowa. Yeah. Um, and I said, but I know I can be crazy. He's huh. like, but I love you're crazy. Yeah. He's like, I love the roller coaster. Huh. And I'm like, wow. That's and I agree. Oh, yeah, because. Yeah. He deals with it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an emotional person, but just for him to like say that I'm like I love you crazy. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh,
0: I always tell women, you know, enjoy the sweet spot because it's not like you're always gonna be there. There'll probably be struggles again.
1: Oh yeah. And but enjoy have. and
0: learn from it and just recall that mm-hmm. when you're struggling like, oh no, we did we do have sweet times. I wanna get back there. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. thank God for that. Yeah. But teach women about going through the hard stuff.
1: Yeah, because it's going to happen. Oh, because it's going to happen and you're going to (laughs) want to run away.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you need to say, stick with it. You Mm -hmm. know, we need to be sisters in Christ and stick with it together. Would you like to pray for women listening today that might be contemplating giving up, let's say, anything. You know, they have bad health problems or their marriage is really hard or they have just hard stuff going on.
1: You want to pray for them? Absolutely. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you with um, open hearts for what you have planned for us. I pray that we would continue to know your character and your love that you have for us and the goodness that you have for us and that you don't want us to be broken people, but you want us to be picking up our pieces and handling, handing them to you to put the pieces together, dear Heavenly Father, and we just pray um, that you would do the same thing for our marriages Mm -hmm. good marriages broken marriages that you would put the pieces together so that we know that we were meant to be bonded together that you want the good for our marriage Um, um, we don't have to do this alone you've equipped so many people to handle these situations um, and to go and seek help and ask for help if your marriage um, Just feels unbearable, and you just want to quit. Um, That is never what God wants for us. Um, Yeah, and to open the Word, to know the truth, and to know your will for us. That is my biggest prayer for anyone listening to this. To know that you are loved, and know that you have the number one person in your corner, uh, not wanting you to fail, but wanting you to succeed and be in a happy place, in a happy marriage with a happy mind body. And as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think
0: that will really help, um, not only put perspective on marriage, but just life and suffering in general. So thanks for being honest and real. Absolutely. And meeting with us today. <laughs> okay. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me. So thanks for joining us today on this walking and talking journey as we walk together and strive to keep in step with Jesus.